0: Hi, welcome to Living Water Bible Fellowship's audio sermons. It's our prayer and hope that you'll be encouraged and uplifted by the preaching of God's Word. Stick around after the message to hear more about how to contact us.
1: Amen. Thank you, worship team. Would you please open your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. Gospel Mark chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 39. The question of mission what would God have us do? The question of mission, how would God have us serve in this world? The question of mission, should we preach or should we preach and heal or should we just heal? The question of mission. Verse 39, and he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him. And said to him, I will be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out to begin to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town was out in desolate places. And people are coming to him from every quarter. God bless the reading of his word. A few weeks ago, the uh, uh, coroner called me and asked me to do some death services for a homeless woman that died in our community. Um, The county wanted to bury her, and they wanted some last words. Uh, I... Wasn't able to go, and some of our other leaders weren't able to go and help. But it got me thinking about this woman and uh, her journey in life. I imagined her and her uh, her struggles. You know, you stereotype cer- certain people, and you put certain things in, in your mind about about their situations and their their life. I I, I imagined a woman who was addicted. I don't know where that came from. Maybe there's some trauma in her life, trauma in her past. Maybe there's some bad choices made. Maybe there is some mental illness symptoms in her life. I, I, I imagine just the struggles that she went through that led to her death. I, don't, I know nothing of her story. I know nothing of her, of her life. I, I'm just imagining and thinking. And, and I imagine, what if she had come to us before she died? Well, what if she would have come to me? Would I have been able to help her? Would I have wanted to help her? Honestly, there's times where I, I look at people and I wonder, as I look at their mess and look at the things they're going through and the the, the, the hole they've dug for themselves and the, the hurts and pains that they've spread with family and and I wonder, can they be healed? Sometimes I look around at people and the the, the troubles and the tribulations they that have been brought upon them and in the uh, the bur- bridges they've burned and and the hurts they've caused and 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 I look at their situation, and I wonder, are they hopeless and and I, and I wonder if she would have come would i would I have stopped what I was doing, you know Hey, uh, we're busy. We're busy people. I, I'm busy meetings and programs and ministries. You know, preparing lessons and teachings and all the things that I need to do. Would I have paused and would I have would I have sought to meet her need, or would I have moved on and and just blown her off? I wonder. I'm sure if she would have said, if she would have come in the door and said, hey, I, I want to know how to be saved, I would have dropped everything in a moment. Preachers like to preach. Preachers like to share the gospel. I would, I would have gone like that. Yeah, absolutely. But if she would have come in and she, you know, most of the people that we see coming in that ask for help, they're not interested in God. Most of the people that come for a benevolent requests and requests for help, they're, they're not really interested in the things that I'm interested in, or the things that I want to talk about. They just, they just want help. And what I just said, I I don't have time, or would I have had pity on her and tried to bring about some kind of healing and help? What do we do with people that don't want God and yet ask for help? What what do we do with people that come in a, into our lives, and maybe you have some family members and some friends that seem hopeless? The last few weeks, uh, there's been a theme that's kind of been rising to the surface. I don't know if you've caught it or if 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 you've heard it. But throughout the Gospel of Mark, since we started preaching uh, through it and and studying it and thinking about it, Jesus' heart keeps being drawn to preaching. His his passion is preaching. As soon as he was was baptized and as soon as he went into the wilderness and, and came out of the wilderness, as soon as he went into Galilee, he started preaching he started calling people to repent for the kingdom of heaven. It's right there. It's, it's at hand. It's near. He called people to preach, he, he called his disciples to preach he, in so many ways through the text. He, uh, he went into the, the synagogue. He started to teach. His passion was teaching the truth. After he healed a, a, a man, drove out a demon. And, that's, and that Sabbath day, he went, he went home. And that, that, after the Sabbath was over, a whole group of the townspeople came out. And they weren't coming to hear him preach anymore. They, they weren't interested in that. They weren't interested in his teaching. They wanted healing. They wanted deliverance. They wanted rescue. They they wanted a miracle worker to touch them and to bring them out of their their dramas and bring them out of their pains and their sufferings and their traumas. And he healed them. I don't know how many hours that night he he touched people and he talked to people and he looked into their eyes with love and compassion and mercy. And and I look at myself and I, I, am I even close to that? Do I have any any heart like that at all in me? I like efficiency. I like getting things done. I like people falling in line. I don't like the the things that I can't control. I don't like the -the out-of-the-box situations. I don't like the hopeless situations. Jesus, uh, you remember how Jesus kind of that, that night after people came to him, and the next morning he went out to pray, like four or five in the morning, went out to pray, and you know he was trying to get right with God, he was he was in, in tension, and, and his disciples were looking for him, and, and they went out and fo- found him in the desert places where, where he was meeting with God, and, and remember he said, let's go somewhere else, let's go to other villages to preach, for that's why I've come, and, and you just it, it was so obvious through reading through Mark that the gospel, the gospel, the gospel and it's so obvious to me the gospel, the gospel, the gospel I mean if, if I heal someone if I help someone through a trouble and a trial and a tribulation they might, be, they might be better for 20 years or 40 years uh, these people that Jesus healed that, that he delivered you know if, they, if he healed them from, from some sickness maybe they're still going to get heart disease next year if he healed them from cancer maybe they're going to get a stroke next year and yet eternal life Man, I, I, I look at preaching. I look at the gospel. I look at calling people to faith in Jesus Christ. is so important because, man, when they come to faith, they're, they're going to be healed forever. And I imagine heaven, how glorious heaven's going to be. I'm going to be with my God forever, the one who loves me. I'm going to be with a bunch of people that are sinless and, and love me, and I love them. Heaven's going to be so great because our God is there, and heaven's going to be so great because there's no more sin and no more evil, and, and man... Can't wait to get to heaven and, and walk the paths of the new earth and uh, see what God has. And, and boy, when I think about the, the hardships of people's lives and I think about the struggles they go through and, and, I, and I look at, man, it's going to take a lot of work and it's going to take a lot of time, it's going to take a lot of effort to, to help them through that issue. They didn't get into this issue overnight. This is years and years and years of buildup, years and years of struggle. Maybe in their addiction, or maybe in their maybe their, their thinking and the walls they've put up, or the lies they tell themselves, the deceptions they have. They need rescue. They need delivered. But I look at that and man, I'd rather just preach. It's safe, you know. Sometimes some of you would never think about coming behind a pulpit. It scares you to death but it's actually pretty safe because I'm at a distance. And working with people up close, some of you counselors in the room, working with people up close and holding their hand and walking through them, uh, through some of the stuff, that's hard work. So Jesus uh, goes into Galilee. Galilee is, uh, if you think about Israel, it's, it's like, you can think about it as, as three sections. The lower part of Israel is Judea. Jerusalem's at the border, and then there's Samaria. And then there's Galilee, the northern part. Probably a region about 60 miles by 30 miles. Uh, there's some estimated in Jesus' day, some 250 plus villages. And so he had a lot of places to go preach. Right? He'd go to a synagogue one day and a Saturday, and maybe he'd stay there for a season, then he'd move on to the next place. He had a lot of time, a lot of places to preach. Now that he said, that's why I've come, to preach. Let's go. And yet, uh, on this particular day, we don't know if he's in a synagogue, we don't know if he's out in in an open place. Suddenly there's this man who comes towards him, and, and you can see a leper a mile away. The law in Leviticus 13 said they had to dress a certain way, they had to wear, wear torn clothing, they had to wear some kind of a face uh, covering from their upper lip down, they left their hair unkept. Oftentimes, if we're talking about Hansen's disease, uh, open sores and wounds and bloody bandages. A leprosy in, in the old days, it was a summary term. A summary term for many skin diseases. Uh, some of the scribes had lists of up to 72 different skin diseases that they put under the heading of leprosy. But oftentimes the ones that were uh, most notable one was what we think of narrowly as leprosy, the Hansen's disease. And so this man, he, uh, he comes up to Jesus at arm's length, and that's totally taboo, that's totally wrong, that, that's obscene. The, the leper, as, as, we, as you could read in, Le, in Leviticus uh, 13, he's supposed, to, he's supposed to, as he comes within a certain, a certain distance, the, some scribes said 50 paces, a stone's throw away. He was supposed to let everybody know that he was there. He, he was supposed to warn everybody, unclean, unclean. And, and uh, 50 paces, that's, that's how far you can uh, throw a rock. And, and this man probably had plenty of rocks thrown at him. There's great superstition and fear about these diseases. They didn't understand germs, they didn't understand viruses, they didn't understand how things were transmitted, but they are afraid. And so this man did something that, that was totally taboo, totally non-cultural, totally wrong. He came up to the rabbi, he came up to Jesus, and he fell on his knees. And everybody's just aghast. You know, if there's a, if, as we've learned, crowds are following Jesus everywhere. In the crowd, everyone's you're probably cursing him. They're probably yelling at him. How dare you? Get away from the teacher. And, and, and the, the man falls on his knees. Uh, you can make me clean if you will. It's, it's a very clear statement of faith. He believes that Jesus can heal him. He's not sure that Jesus wants to. He believes he can't. And we don't know where he got this belief. Maybe somebody told him that so-and-so was healed. Maybe a relative got healed. Maybe somebody was delivered from something. But he comes to Jesus, and his heart, his heart, he's obviously desperate. Nobody comes up to a rabbi like that. If Jesus was a normal rabbi, he would have got, he he got the third degree. He might have got arrested in the law the law's uh, standards applied against him. You know, but what has he got to lose, apparently? I think about that, uh, that lady that, uh, the, un- the unnamed lady who was buried, and I, I wondered if she came and-, and asked for help, if I would have helped her. I'm too busy. I'm, I'm putting a sermon together. Too busy. I, I got people to talk to. I got meetings. I got. I got people that I. I've got responsibilities, and you've got yourself in such a mess. I. I can I help you? The. Uh, the sequence of what happens here is very interesting. He ran. He fell on his knees. He begged. If you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, without saying anything, he's moved with pity. For someone like me, who generally at this point in my life, things are going pretty well, It's easy for me to stand back and judge. It's easy for me to look and and, uh, challenge people and uh, maybe you should just try harder, maybe you should work harder, maybe you should get in line, or maybe you should change your attitude. And that Jesus' heart opens. Pity, uh, some of your translations say compassion is... He had compassion on the man. He saw the man and how how hurt he was. To be a leper meant that you were not only a religious outcast, because to be a a religious outcast in the sense of you're unclean, and and we don't have a category for that today, but back in the day, the religious impurity or purity was described as cleanliness laws, laws, and, and you were far from God. You're close to God, your degree of purity, and he's so unclean, he's so distant, he's so far, but he's also a social outcast. He, he, all, all the lepers are supposed to, in, in Leviticus, they go outside of the camp. They go outside of the camp. They're not supposed to stay anywhere near people, and so they become isolated, and they become alone, and they don't have family anymore, they don't have friends anymore, they don't have anybody that cares about them anymore. They cluster together with other lepers, and they... They try to exist. They make ends meet somehow some way, they stay alive for a little while. And Jesus knows what He's been through, and he has pity and compassion. Uh, I know that we should share the gospel. We've been commanded to go and make disciples. We've been commanded to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. This is the mission. This is the agenda. This is the calling. But what about the hopeless that come to us? Are we to just leave them to themselves? What about the people that ask for help? Do we just leave them in the dust? Leave them to their own initiatives? Leave them to their own strength? Uh, Jesus looked at this man and he had pity on him. I wish I had a greater love for people. Sometimes, you guys, I'm so cold. Sometimes I'm so about getting things done. My my personality is such, I like to check boxes. I like to get things done and finish things and have things completed, and yet people are messy and and people are broken and their people are in need. And who's going to help them? when they can't help themselves. And that unspoken sermon continues. What happens in his heart moves through his body, and, and you could hear, I, I bet you could hear gasps from the, from the people watching as he stretched out his hand. Again, the superstition and the fear of the people, you never touch a leper. What he is, you could become as he reached out his hand and he touched him. I think Jesus saw a need, an unspoken need. This man hadn't been touched for how many years? He never, even, even we wonder in our culture today, in our, in, our, in our town today, maybe there's people who haven't been hugged for years now. Who long for touch and long for acceptance and long for, for someone to care for them. Jesus knew what that man needed. He needed touch. It was a, it was an affirmation that he was a man, that he was some somebody. He was he was not just a piece of dirt. He 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 touched the uh, the 80s AIDS patient. Remember when that happened when the AIDS first came out and they were the lepers? Remember how they were cast away and, and man if anybody had you know anybody had AIDS, they were just They were trash. They were were kicked to the curb. You, You don't come to stores. You don't go anywhere. He touched the AIDS patient, as it were. He touched the 21st century meth addict, the meth heads. Now, when I see those guys in the street, I often make a wide, wide turn around them. They're dangerous. They're deceptive. The modern lepers. I can't help them, can I, Lord? I, I can't do anything about that. I mean, I, the, the church is expecting me to do this and this and this, and, and, and you have responsibilities to finish this and this and this. And, and those people that you see, who, who could possibly help them? They're hopeless. They don't want God. They don't want anything to do with God. Why should I give them my time of day? I can't counsel them. They're out of their mind. I can't speak into their life. I can't do anything. A normal rabbi would have sent the man away. A normal rabbi would have walked away, but Jesus, this, this Jesus who wanted to preach, who was passionate about preaching, passionate about getting the gospel out there, a sermon in a touch spoke volumes to that man of love and grace and mercy and God wants you. God cares for you. And then he spoke, I will heal you. I want to heal you. Be clean. Now, that's on a whole nother level, of course. In and of ourselves, we are not miracle workers. We're not wonder workers. We're not I don't have the power in myself to look at that meth addict and and heal him. But the question for us as we think about Jesus departing from his schedule, departing from his plans, the question for us, are we willing? Do we have a willingness to meet people in their brokenness? Do we have a willingness to serve in Jesus' name? Be Jesus' hands and feet. Be Jesus' ambassadors of love. Not just the gospel of love, but the actions of love. The actions of healing. Some of you have worked with some family members that have gotten themselves in deep pits. Some of you have family members that seem so hopeless. And and you you know all about this. I don't have to preach it to you. You've been down that road, you've, you've written checks, you've, you've uh, turned up in the middle of the night to help a brother or sister, you've, you've gone through all kinds of agonies and, and, and stresses and strains trying to help someone who doesn't seem to want help or doesn't seem capable of receiving help. And it's so easy to write them off, isn't it? It's so easy to say, put them in a certain category of, of hopeless, of leper, of meth head, So easy to put them in categories of dead men walking. Why should I even try? Jesus touches the man, he heals the man. Did you notice what happened to Jesus because he went out of his way? He, uh, he 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 sternly charged him. Sent him away at once. There's there's a tradition about his pity. Some translation one of the well, there's an ancient manuscript that actually says anger. He was indignant at what he saw. He was indignant at the disease. He was indignant at the world the way it was. He was upset, and, and so that carries over to verse 43. Jesus sternly charged him. And sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anybody. Go, show yourself to the priest for for cleansing what Moses commanded as proof to them. Uh, He he was very gracious and he healed the man. He says, now it's about restoring yourself. Something happened to Jesus here, but he said, go to the priest. And and what could the priest do? Well, the priest was the, the interpreter of the law. The priest could look at the man and say, yeah, you're clean and the priest could give start him down a process of receiving a certificate that said, I'm no longer unclean. <laughs> because after years of being the unclean one, he had to have proof, so the priest could show him how to give. There's a prescription in Leviticus 14 about how to be cleansed, how to offer to God, so you go through the cleansing ceremony, so the priest would know that God had done a work. So Jesus is concerned about, about his 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 future. He's concerned about it. the hope he has. He wants him to be part of the community again. He, he sees the big picture. He doesn't want to just help someone with a, with a check. He doesn't want to just help someone with a tank of gas. He, he wants to bring this man into community. He's got such a vision and such a heart for this man. He doesn't want him lost anymore. He doesn't want him out there anymore. He wants to bring him in, and I wish I had that heart. And uh, but but Jesus, did, did you see what happened? The, the man, I, Jesus seems to, to know this man, what he's going to do. He sternly warned him. He says, don't you go telling anybody about this. <laughs> don't you tell anybody what I did. You know, see, Jesus doesn't look at this man as a church growth strategy. Jesus doesn't, you know, sometimes we churches, sometimes we, we put things out there. Hey, let's go, let's go uh, rake leaves for people. Why? Because we love them? No, but because we want them to get them in our church. Sometimes we, we do uh, uh, strategies for businesses and, hey, our business is so great, we, we do this for the community and, and the motive is to get them to be customers, not because we love them. So, sometimes uh, sometimes people, they, they want to gain a following and they have healing ceremonies. They, they do healing ministries and per- prosperity gospel. Come and you'll, you'll be rich and you'll be healthy and Do they do these things out of love, or do they do these things as a strategy, a bait and switch to get them in the house, so they can start tithing, so they can start offering? wonder sometimes about people's motives and why they do what they do, but when Jesus says, don't you tell anybody what I've done for you, you know his motive is love. He wasn't going to use this man for his own agenda. He was going to use this man for his own end. He wasn't going to use this man for his own glory popularity. Man, sometimes you look at people and why they serve and why they, why they help people. It seems, sometimes it seems so, when you look un, under, the, under the rug, it seems like so selfish, like they want applause for themselves. They want they, they acclaim want a, a or they want a following. Not Jesus. Don't tell anybody what's happened here. Just go see the priest as the law commands. Let him purify you. Let him give you that certificate. And then be in community again. His love. Jesus preached and healed. Sometimes in in churches, there's debates going on. We should have compassionate ministries. We We should just serve people and meet their needs help them with their rent, help them with counseling, help them with this or that. But some, some churches, they never get around to preaching the gospel. They never tell people the truth. They never, never tell people that they're uh, struggling with sin and, and they're, they're opposed to God. They're enemies of God because of the sin and they need to repent and be forgiven. Some, some churches never get there, but some churches, it seems like they stand for righteousness and truth and they never reach out the hand. They, they, they never care. What I see from Jesus is he preaches and he heals. But because he healed, do you see what happened to him? It's actually a picture of the gospel. In one sense, he reaches out his hand, and and automatically, what happens to Jesus In, in the crowd's eyes, it means he becomes unclean, he's not able to go to the temple. Now God sees that as a loving act, and it's not you know where there is love, can you break the law? Love for people, serving people, but he 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 becomes unclean, and 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 because of what he did, and and the man goes out and preaches about what Jesus did. Jesus actually is becomes one who's outside the camp. Jesus can't go into towns anymore. He becomes the outsider. He healed the outsider, so the outsider could become an insider. And Jesus himself is sent out to the desert regions because he can't go into towns anymore. Ironic and strange. But the gospel is, he who had no sin, God made him who had no sin to become sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The, 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 The loving of this person, this sacrifice, you know, to, to do that, it was, a, it was a, the gospel in a nutshell because Jesus took on all of our sins. He took on all of our ugliness. He took all of our uncleanliness upon himself and he died in our place. He became the scourge. He became the trash. He became the refuge. He became the meth head. He became the leper. He became the nobody for us so that we could become somebody in the kingdom of God. What a great God. What, what a great love. Man, I, I hope we can be that church, not just a preaching church, that says what's right and calls people to righteousness. We could be that healing church too that goes out in Jesus' name and love, loves people in their situations. Healing, that's a big word. I can't heal anybody. But can I spend time with people? Can I try to help them in their troubles and their tribulations? Can I find an avenue of approach that could get them further down the line of health? Can I sacrifice myself for their benefit? Can God work through people like you and I? Can God work through people like you and I to touch lives, to change lives? Can can God's love come through you and I to help somebody? Can somebody be transformed by the power of the gospel and the love of His church? Absolutely. Preach and heal in Jesus' name. That's our mission and our calling. How are you on this journey? Are you so busy now that you don't have the time of day for anybody? Are you so afraid of being rejected that you... Never share the truth. I think preaching should come first. The gospel should come first. The truth should go first because heaven is a long time. But healing is a part of our mission and our calling. To love people where they are and bring them to health the best we can. God appreciates that too. May we be a preaching and healing congregation. And may God get the glory. Would you stand in His presence, please? Lord God, if we are loveless today, would you break our hearts? Would you open our hearts? Would you change our hearts? Would you give the, us the ability to see people as you see people and, and, and see their needs as you see their needs and see and, and see, see them as, as people as you see them as people that are worthy and important and valuable, made in the image of God to be loved. God, uh, let, let us not be overwhelmed with the needs and, 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 and write people off because they seem hopeless. Let us not make ourselves so important that people are cast aside. And Lord, on the other side, Lord, if, if we are very good at healing people and very good at listening to people and very good at loving people, but we never share the gospel, we never tell the truth, we never call repentance, we, we never call for repentance, we never call for transformation, we, we never challenge, we never share the gospel. Give us grace and power to be truth-tellers as you were, Lord God, may you bring a holistic healing to people. Change them now, Lord, but change them eternally. And may we be a part of your great mission of making disciples. Show us what that means in our lives, Lord. Show, show us that, where, where that applies in our situation this week as we go into the world in your name. Send us, Lord. Here we are, send us as your disciples. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Thank you so much for listening. The gospel according to the Bible is that Jesus Christ, who was and is the eternal God, took on human flesh, was born of a virgin, died for our sins on the cross, and rose from the dead three days later. He then ascended to the Father's right hand, where he sits making intercession for his people, and right now he is establishing the kingdom of God on earth. You can enter into a saving relationship with God by repenting of your sins and placing your full trust in Jesus' life, his death and resurrection on your behalf. In Christ, you will find forgiveness, acceptance, freedom, peace, hope, and a future. If you would like more information about Christianity, or Living Water Bible Fellowship, visit our website at livingwateralamosa.org. God bless.